Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. It's been two months since Sam Page was sworn in as the new county executive, replacing Steve Stenger in St. Louis County. The former St. Louis County Council chairman has implemented a number of changes, such as seeking to close a pay gap within county government between men and women and advocating for funding towards police body cameras and in-car cameras. Here to discuss what Sam Page has been up to are St. Louis Public Radio reporters Chad Davis and Jason Rosenbaum and our politics editor Fred Ehrlich. Gentlemen, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start with uh, when Steve Stenger resigned and was uh, charged and pled guilty. It seemed like we had a moment where there might have been some unity for the first time in a long time in county council. Is that an accurate assessment? I think so. I think that Sam Page is going through a honeymoon period right now from both Republicans and Democrats who I think were sick of the constant warfare. It wasn't just during the Steve Stanger administration that county government was divided. Stanger actually led an opposition coalition against Charlie Dooley that was eerily similar to what Sam Page led against Steve Stanger. So now we have two county executives in a row who came in kind of railing against the county executive's leadership, albeit at vastly different rationales. Like Steve Stanger defeated Dooley in a in a primary that people are still upset about. And Sam Page obviously became county executive after Stanger admitted to felonious crimes. Um, I think people, especially the, the St. Louis County political community is not very large. And a lot of people don't understand what county government does. A lot of it is more functional than political. But I definitely got the sense that people were just sick of the constant warfare that I mentioned before. And even though I expect there to be very big differences of opinions on issues in the coming weeks and months ahead, I think people are just generally happy there's some normality in county government. Mm -hmm. I I would compare it a little bit to the uh, uh, Greitens-Parson transition as well, kind of a whole new administration, obviously different circumstances, but still, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air, new way of doing business, uh, you know, open, more accessible, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think even county council or people from the county council are also pleased with the fact that, you know, it's different where Sam Page is there even more frequently. I know that there was, you know, somewhat of an issue with, you know, Steve Stanger sometimes not being at the county council meetings for the entire time. And now, Sam Page has kind of implemented a way of doing that more, being more present, and he even video phoned um, himself into a meeting when he was actually out of town. So I think that's also something that, you know, the, the county council is, is pleased with. How much do you think that Sam Page seems to have a very clear agenda with a number of items that he's uh, pursuing very quickly? How much do you think that is... Uh, helping smooth this transition and kind of giving people a sense that, oh, we have a county executive who who has an idea. I may not agree with all of it, but hey, at least there's a plan and an agenda. Yeah. Well, I mean, just recently he had an executive order, I believe, that was to try to reduce the gender pay gap. So, I mean, that's kind of something that was immediately quick where, you know, he wants um, the county to actually like remove questions about previous and current pay range so that something like that can be reduced. So, I mean, I think actively or immediately there's already kind of like a, an active uh, presence that Page has implemented in, in the council. And not to get too myopic, but a big conflict before Page became county executive was the council wanted something and then Stanger would use his powers county executive to block it. Well, now that Page is in the position of being county executive, he is doing a lot of things that the council would have done 
if Stanger hadn't been a roadblock. A lot of it are, are smaller things like, you know, appointing people to the point Port Authority, which actually is a pretty large thing, given that it had a lot to do with Stanger's downfall. But I think once you get past what I would consider low-hanging fruit and getting rid of some of the seedier remnants of the Stanger administration, I think there's going to be a period where he has to govern and has to go through issues and controversies that every county executive goes through. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't run for county executive is even though it's powerful, you get paid a lot of money, you know, you have security detail, people really start to dislike you a lot because of the decisions <laughs> you make impact ordinary people in sometimes yeah. ways they don't like. And that definitely will happen to Sam Page. It's just a matter of when. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with what you said, Jason, in the opening, that they're in the honeymoon phase right now. Everything's sweet, and, you know, they all want to get along, and they were all, you know, anti-Stanger. Well, now, you know, he's going to do some things that they don't agree with, uh, you know, either politically or philosophically, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Is there anything coming up on the horizon that looks to be the the, the, the landmine, the, the, the ticket home from the honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that comes to mind, I don't want to say this is controversial, but there's definitely differences of opinion about source of income requirement mm-hmm. for um, landlords in unincorporated St. Louis County no longer allowing that. It, this has been championed by Councilwoman Lisa Clancy, a Democrat from Maplewood, who believes that, uh, you know, rejecting somebody as a tenant due to the fact, for example, they get Section 8 vouchers mm-hmm. really limits the choices where people can find housing primarily to like North St. Louis County. Mm-hmm. And while this legislation would not affect municipalities, I do think it's prompting a discussion among some cities to do the same thing and kind of replicate it. But the the issue is, because there are two vacancies on the council, I don't think there's any way for this to pass right now. It could change after uh, the first and second district vacancies are done, but there's definitely going to be differences of opinion over that among the council. But I, I, I know that Sam Page has spoken very favorably about that, so that could be an instance where there's division. But this would be division over policy, and that's normal in any course of, of local government. That happens all the time in Board of Aldermen, and I don't think that there's any fear that that, like, wrecks county government because people don't agree on stuff. Do you get the sense that Sam Page is more interested in having the policy discussion and trying to convince people on policy rather than the Steve Stenger playbook, which was use your power and influence and behind-the-scenes things to manipulate things to make things happen? I mean, on its face, yes. I I think definitely Sam Page is going to have a different approach than Steve Stenger because Sam Page has been in politics now for almost 20 years. And he's a former councilman in the Creep Corps. He's a former state rep. He came within a few thousand votes of being lieutenant governor. Um, he came not so close to being in the state Senate because Barbara Fraser blew him out. But when you go through all those experiences, you learn a lot. And you learn what to do and what not to do. And he's definitely politically, uh, I was going to say savvy, but also ambitious. You wouldn't be giving up. And people have told me, stop calling it a lucrative anesthesiologist job because apparently it's not as lucrative <laughs> well, as I'm saying. You compared be, to what? <laughs> you wouldn't be walking away from being an anesthesiologist and making a whole lot more money to be co- than being county executive if you didn't have some personal or political ambitions our ambitions to reshape county government. Well, yeah, I, and maybe maybe we should give the benefit of the doubt to altruism. Maybe the ambition is to be a better public servant and not – 
to advance a political career? Or am I too poly? I'm, I'm sitting across the table from political reporters. Maybe I'm too Pollyannish. <laughs> no, I think I think Page has demonstrated a little bit of that even before this happened. I, you know, I, I think he really believes that, you know, he can make a difference. Uh, I, th- I think the wild card that's going to be uh, present here, and I don't necessarily mean wild card in a bad way, is you have some uh, some strong personalities on the council, council rather, uh, with Ernie Trakis mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, Tim Fitch, and uh, there are no shrinking violets, and they're going to. I think they're going to end up mixing it up with Page as well. You mentioned Ernie Trakis. Do you think his uh, pushback on Lisa Clancy's uh, 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 proposal that Jason you mentioned earlier is that uh, that conflict and that pushback and and maybe how Page uh, is shepherding the, some of that discussion is that a good example of what the new council may look like? Perhaps. And I think it, from uh, Trachis's perspective, most of his district is unincorporated. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything, any district that's going to be affected by something like this, it's his district in Rochelle Walton Gray's district in North St. Louis County. Mm-hmm. So if, if that type of legislation is going to go forward, they're going to have to come to the table with Sam Page and Lisa Clancy to figure out something that's agreeable, not only because you need four votes to pass something, but you want a solution that's going to actually be you know, agreeable to people that actually live in those districts. And if, if they if they can't find that, then neither one of them is going to vote for it. And I, I don't think something like that moves forward. And But I just think that because Paige believes in the concept and actually wants to accomplish it, I, I, my, I envision this interim period where you can't get four votes as kind of a negotiating uh, space to maybe come up with something in the next few weeks and months. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think kind of what Jason said with Trachis and um, Rochelle Walton Gray representing unincorporated areas. Yeah, I think that's going to be something that, you know, they'll have to, you know, work the kinks out a little bit. And that might be something, you know, in, in the future, you know, maybe there'll be some type of resolution. But I mean, there are some elections coming up in, in August. And I mean, that could potentially change the direction of the council with, you know, uh, Paige's seat now vacant and same with uh, Hazel Irby, who, who left. So even that dynamic could change kind of how this even plays out. Um, near the end of Stenger's tenure, several detainees died at the St. Louis County Jail. Um, at the time, the council felt blocked in its efforts to try to look into those deaths. Um, how has that changed with Paige's ascent? Where do we stand with that? Well, I mean, <clears throat> even with that issue, that was definitely something that happened at the Justice Center. And that's even something that, I mean, the council has somewhat limited authority with. I mean, they held hearings over the past few months about the issue. And um, I believe some of the individuals who were, you know, accused of, of you know, the um, watching over the inmates or so, they weren't even charged um, by Prosecutor Wesley Bell. So, I mean, those are issues that I think, you know, partially a lot of the uh, individuals were adamant that the council could do something on. But at the same time, they, they really hold a lot of the power in just holding hearings, and there's kind of limited power with that. So it's interesting to see how, you know, Sam Page and, you know, other individuals on the council are, are kind of going to go forward with that. Well, uh, even in, in cases where council or the county executive doesn't have that much power, um, isn't a, a fair amount of it for show? I mean, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but in in trying to let the people know that they are looking at something, that they're trying to investigate, that that, that at least there's some acknowledgement of problems that, that they can do that. And does that help bolster 
does that help bolster Sam Page, and does it help bolster the the public perception of the county's governing body? Uh, that's an interesting question because one of the long-running excuses in county government about the inability to effectuate policy is just you can't do it because the county doesn't have the power to do it, or you know it's getting into the jurisdiction of municipality, and there has to be some separation there. And there are definitely ways like. Page and the council can effectuate policy just by virtue of spending $650 million every year. That's going to have an impact on people's lives, whether they drive over roads or go to public health services mm-hmm. or, you know, other, other things that kind of emanate from that tax base. I, I just think that the bully pulpit only goes so far, and I'm not really sure that people know enough about like county politicians to really follow what they do. Like, for example, I always bring up this whole issue of special education disparity between the city and the county, and I really do believe that the only way to fix that is for people like Page and St. Louis Mayor Lyda Cruson to use the bully pulpit and their political influence to do something. But I'm just not sure that either one of them is well-known or popular enough to get people to raise their property taxes in the city when that's going to affect them. That's more of like an example of their limited power. Um, But maybe the fact that Page is doing a lot of outwardly positive things and is kind of bringing stability to county government could allow him to do things more than just for show. I think uh, public radio listeners are probably uh, substantially more engaged and intelligent on local government than than a lot of the populace. But Fred, I'm I'm wondering, uh, you know, a lot of people... Um, may not have even realized there was a county executive until they saw news reports that <laughs> that he was indicted and resigned. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I, I, I think before the whole Greitens mess, I think if you had stopped uh, 10 people on the street, I would suspect half of them, maybe more, couldn't have named the governor at that point. You know, and I think the same thing is true for the county executive, maybe even more so because it's it's less of a position, which is unfortunate, uh, but it's uh, it's just the way of the world. Well, does it does it make it then an opportunity for um, for I mean, because good governance is often ignored, and maybe that's a good thing if we if if things calm down and the county council can. Uh, navigate through some policy issues, and d- is there an opportunity here for it to be um, something that w- <laughs> can be pleasantly ignored? Well, in a, in a way, I, I think you're right because obviously the the whole Stenger scandal just you know made people mad and brought up you know it's politicians are all they're all crooks they're all in it for themselves you know thing which is which is not true there there's just some bad apples just like every profession uh so when you have good government maybe it's it's uh, quiet but if it's effective that's what you want obviously i i think that it it i'm i know it's pretty much a dead issue but i i'm just very much intrigued about where does it better together or some kind of unified uh, city county uh, initiative idea is that dead forever for three years for five years <laughs> where is I mean and, well, I mean, and, been, and to what extent is Stenger's mm-hmm. downfall maybe it was the last nail in the coffin oh, I, of this round I think it. it was huge and I I, I don't want to be critical of the better together archetypes but making Steve Stenger the leader of the Metro government when it's very possible like once they announced that, not only possible, I think it was. He was being investigated for corruption. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the optics of that are terrible. And even if he hadn't been investigated for corruption, he was deeply unpopular amongst a lot of people in the political community. And he was especially unpopular among 
African-American politicians, like mm-hmm. so much so that the prospect of county leadership being in charge of St. Louis City was called apartheid by Starsky Wilson because you had a largely white entity governing over a largely black entity. And he emphasized that wasn't because of Stanger, it was because of the arrangement. But I definitely think that Stanger's toxicity played a pretty big role in the downfall of that, along with what I think was the bigger problem, that they, that the proponents of Better Together could not get African-American political leaders and African-Americans in general on board with it. And if, until they fix that problem, I think every merger proposal is going to fail because every merger proposal is going to impact black representation and and governance over largely black areas to a huge degree. And without bringing actual people and political leaders on board, it's, it's not going to happen. Well, and the leader of the local NAACP was forced out over mm-hmm. supporting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, he supported it and he was getting money from the entity that was running the <laughs> political arm. An- another big mistake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, Jonathan, there's the, what people who support Better Together and the idea of improving city-county relations and this whole region as a whole need to do is go back and look at what would have worked or seemed to have support in this plan mm-hmm. and what clearly didn't because there there were clear things in there for example economic development it makes no sense to have the city of st louis competing with richmond heights and richmond heights competing with maplewood for the same business uh, you know so there, there were a lot of good components to the plan good ideas there and i think that if they go back look at what worked and really listen to what people were saying like jason said uh, and involve more people i think that there can be some kind Kind of a plan in the future. I don't expect it to be anytime soon, though. I think it's just right now it's too toxic. What is Sam Page's position on it? I think he was opposed to it going to a statewide vote. Right. Um, and I, I think it has been cited by some, but once he basically said that, that was it. Yeah. And there was no future for Better Together, as is now. I, I don't think it's dead, by the way. Yeah. I don't want to say it's sleeping. <laughs> I think it'll be well, back. <laughs> the, the perspective from Rolla, by the way, we, we were very intrigued uh, about having an opportunity to vote on the future of St. Louis City and St. Louis County, but oh, that didn't come to pass. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I want to thank St. Louis Public Radio reporters Chad Davis and Jason Rosenbaum and pl- politics editor Fred Ehrlich. Thank you all for being on the show today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.